Welcome to Made New. I am Myra and I'm here with Candice and we are so happy that you're joining us as we continue our series on gospel identity. We've talked about lots of topics so far about what is true about us when we are made new in Christ. And today we're going to talk about how we are free, how we are free in Christ. And that is a big, huge topic uh -huh. that feels like we could spend many episodes discussing. But we're going to chat through some of the ideas that we feel like God put on our heart and what we see in his word um, as it pertains to being free in Christ. As always, we love to anchor our discussions in the word of God. And today's verse is Galatians 5.1. And I love how you have thoughts to unpack for us on this, Candice, and how as we prepared and discussed this topic of being free, there were so many passages yeah. that we can go to and share. And so I am looking forward to seeing kind of how this unfolds and where God takes us in this discussion. Yeah, for sure. Um, and honestly, there were so many passages. We're like, maybe this should just be one of those things where we just read read the Bible. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not even, to finish not even comments from us. <laughs> Um, but we did fight, we, we did settle in on a verse and, but man, as soon as you hear it, we, we got to talk about the context about it. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it is Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Man, super awesome verse, right? But context, context, context. Yes, so we so got to back up and why is Paul talking about this? So first of all, he's writing this, uh, to the church of Galatia which is a mix of Jewish and Gentile believers. And he's aiming this, but a majority of Gentile believers. And there's some confusion in the church. This is the early church, you know, and there's confusion of whether the Gentiles need to get circumcised or not. Mm -hmm. And so Paul talks a lot about that in chapters two and three. But his main point that he really wants to get to is the heart of the law and mm -hmm. now our freedom in Christ. Mm -hmm. The law was not a bad thing. You know, circumcision served its purpose mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. But it was never meant to be the end all. Yeah. Its intention was for humans to see their sin and their complete inability to keep the law and thus seeing a need for a savior. Yes, right? yes, yes. And Galatians at the end of chapter 3, 24, it says, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. Mm. And now the faith has come, we're no longer under the law. Mm, I mean, how so clear is that, right? Right, right? And so when Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of the law. He followed it perfectly. And even though he did, he still became the sin offering on our behalf, mm -hmm. dying the death we deserved, and then coming back to life so that by faith, we now can have life with him. Like yes. that's the gospel. Yes, yes. But the Galatians began, and man, they're not alone in this, right. you know, us too. Um, they began to go back to the law. It was comfortable. They went back to what they knew. Yeah. And in chapter 4, verse 9, Paul asked him a question. How is it you guys turn back to the weak and miserable principles? Mm. Do you really wish to be enslaved again? Mm. Like, guys, don't do it, you know? And then he says before that in verses three through seven, God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might be sons. Mm -hmm. We're no longer a slave, but we're a son and a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And then he kind of describes in the next passage, last like a marked difference in them 
when they were living in their freedom in Christ yeah. and now with where they are. Mm. And he said, man, last time I was with you guys, I got really sick. This is in chapter uh, four, mm-hmm. verses eight through 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's like, I was sick. You guys took care of me as if I were angel, as if I were Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And then he says, what happened? Mm. What happened to your joy? Mm. And we know what happened to their joy. Like they had gone back to be enslaved. Mm. And he's like, guys, this matters. I see it stealing your joy and I want better for you. I want you to live out in that freedom. Mm. And I was just, it made me think about two of my good friends when we were talking about things that we've messed up. You know, last week I said something so, man, sad to my son. It just came out instead of saying, you're being the problem right now. I said, you are the problem. Mm. Ah, And it just felt, it was wrong. I saw his body deflate. He left the room. I, if I could circle around later, God used it so beautifully um, to have a further conversation. But at the time, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that you're the worst, Candace, you know? And I can sit in that really easily. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I did that. I'm ruining my kid's life. I'm the worst mom. Mm-hmm. And sit under that. And And I've had conversations with these two friends that when we're in that place, man, I should be better at this. I should be doing this. I can't believe I did that. And we're kind of stuck in the beating ourselves up phrase. I relate to that. They'll say, hey, I think you're under law with this right now. Can you come under grace? And I love that. What they mean by that is not like ignoring what you did, you know, but rather when they're saying, Candace, come under grace, it means I'm not shocked by what I did. It's like kind of acknowledging it like, yep, I am a sinner. Yeah. I am messed up, but by God's grace, I am forgiven and I've loved, lo- I'm loved and I'm accepted. And it's this turning, it's this 180 turn from me seeing my sin, seeing how ugly it is. And then rather than sitting there, it's the 180 turn towards the Lord, like in repentance to confess that and then to know that I'm accepted and loved and forgiven. Yes. And so that is what Paul is fighting for here. That's the gospel. What God, what, what Jesus already did on the Christ, the freedom that he paid for us. He's like, come back to the freedom. And I love in our verse, it says, it is for freedom. This is what he was building up to. Mm. He's like, guys, you're enslaved again. It's stealing your joy. This is not what the Christian life looks like. And it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. When I This is like a battle cry. I totally have Mel Gibson in my mind on his horseback. Like, <laughs> the blue face the paint. The blue face paint. We've got yeah. Braveheart where it's like, Paul is like, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, you know? Yes. But I think he is really passionate about it because mm-hmm. this is a big deal. And... I think he wants better for them. Yes. He's like, hey, Christ has called you to freedom and you are turning back. And we've done that. We do the same thing. We're yeah. released from a prison and then we turn around and go right back in it because it's what we know. Right. And it's comfortable. I think part of the reason that this is such a big deal to him, and he's like, stand firm in the finished work of the cross, mm. is because when we try to add our work to it, like, oh man, I messed up. And now to be okay with God, I have to 
be really good now. Right. Or like, or we're not going to be okay. Yeah. Or, oh man, there must be so much distance between me and God. How can he even look at me mm-hmm. when he must not, he must be disappointed and mad and angry and w- not want to be with me. Right. You know? Right. And that's not what the gospel is saying. And so Paul is saying, when you add to the gospel, our own work or your own views, it's a different gospel. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not the gospel that we're seeing here. And, and man, I do the same thing. Like I was thinking about times when I add to the gospel or I try to add my work to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I do this. I mean, whenever I try to look to my accomplishments to be okay with myself and others and God, or anytime I try to look to other people to be validated for my value and worth. Or when I look to my busyness as like a badge of honor Mm -hmm. of I am doing well in life because my calendar is full. And that is like, it's adding to the gospel, which is always taking away from the gospel. Mm, Yeah. It gets to our identity. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. what Paul was wanting to call them back to. Like, remember who you are because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. And when we rely on other things to, to give us worth, to find our identity in those things, then it is adding to the gospel, gospel plus my abilities, gospel plus mm-hmm. my productivity, whatever. And like you said, it's actually detracting from it. It's trying to really diminish its power. Like, yeah. like we were talking about that earlier, like, yes, Jesus died for me, or yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And it becomes this like phrase in our mind, but I also need to X, Y, Z. And even that, you know, that whole idea of pride and sort of that hallmark in our brain of egotistical, whatever that looks like, and that sort of really self-deprecating, I'm not worth anything. Like they're actually not at two ends of the spectrum. They're two sides of the same coin. Totally. Because it's saying it is pride. It's the coin of pride. But we can get it confused and think, yes, Jesus's death was sufficient except for my sin. Like mine's just too bad. It's too bad. I'm too far gone. Um, And it's like, wait, pause and look at what you're saying. You're saying he wasn't able. It wasn't sufficient enough. And we don't realize we're saying that. Right. I think we wouldn't come out and say that. Right. Verbally. Right. But that is what we are saying in our behavior and actions. Yes. Yes. So Paul was calling them to remember the truth of their Mm -hmm. identity in Jesus, the truth of the gospel. And that same call is present for us today because we are prone to forget and we forget every day. Like we need gospel reminders. So let's think of this topic of our identity as free, being set free in Christ. Let's start talking about some of the things we're freed from. And then maybe we can move into some of the specific things we're freed to. Mm. And that's where we could make a list a mile long and talk for a really long time. Um, But we've chosen just a few. And so I loved as we planned and talked and read the word that we can see so clearly that everything rests on the foundation of who God is and what he's done in Christ And so when we talk about being set free, we have to look at what are we free from? I think the first thing and most important thing is that we are free from the penalty of sin that we owe a just and righteous God. 
we're free from the wrath of God towards sin. And I know that talking about God's wrath toward sin and sinners is not a an idea that's going to grab new listeners and sound really good when we talk about it. Um, but it's so important because we want a just judge. Yeah, We want justice. And when we look at the injustices in the world, we cry out mm-hmm. for justice. Rightly so. Rightly so. And so that's hardwired in us. But we have to also face the truth that we are born in sin. Mm. We have a sin nature. It's not just the bad things we do, but it's how we come into the world. It's it's a heart condition. Mm-hmm. And apart from Jesus and trusting the work that he did, then we continue in that, yeah. that nature. And so we can't cry out for God's justice towards others, but want him to turn a blind eye to our own sin. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. And so if he is just, then he also must rightly judge us and our sin. But this is the great news of the gospel. We are free because this same righteous, just God put on flesh Mm. and entered our humanity and entered our experience in this world. And Jesus is God. Jesus is one person of the triune God. And so... God said, I will take care of the penalty that's due. Mm. And I love the imagery of talking about Christ's sacrifice and the words in scripture that say he drank the cup Mm. of God's wrath and not just a little bit. He drank it to the dregs. Yeah. Like he took it all. Mm. And so we're free. Reserved for you. There is none left. There is no more wrath for those who are in Christ. It's completely taken care of. And so that's why we can do that 180 that you talked about, remembering that we are accepted, remembering that we are loved and God is is drawing us to himself. Man, Candace, when you described, we assume God can't even look at us. All that phrase, it ran through my mind for years. Like I felt so broken and dirty and full of sin that God couldn't possibly want to be near me. But Christ (laughs) makes the way. Christ fully uh, atones for that penalty. He absorbed the wrath of God, became our sin. And so because of him, that's not true, that God is far off or standing with his arms crossed. Um, But I just really believed that for a really long time about God, even though I had you know, grown up in church and I, I knew I needed a savior and I confessed Jesus and was baptized like around age eight, you know, just yeah. was always in church. Um, I really believed even as an adult that he didn't want to be near me when I would sin, when I would fall short. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that's not true. Yeah. I mean, same here. I, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, me too, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember when I would do something wrong before, and I say before, it was like two years ago, (laughs) Um, that I think, and this actually made me feel better, in a book I'm reading by Dane Ortland called Deeper, Mm -hmm. he talks about how C.S. Lewis, in just the last few years of his life in Letters with Friends, 
revealed that he understood forgiveness, Mm. that you're talking about that true wrath absorbed, totally okay and accepted before God. He didn't get that until the last few years of his life. He had already written all of his books Mm. and he just got it. And I'm like, okay, so it's cool (laughs) that I just got, you know, two years ago. Before that, every time I messed up, I, number one, felt like I had to sit, like it was right for me to sit. To pay penance. To pay penance Mm -hmm. and to be like, man, I got to feel bad. This was horrible to focus on it because I thought the way to change was if I just feel so bad about it, even though sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. um, then maybe I won't do it again. Right. But what happens with that is that that does not lead us to wanting to lean into God because when we think that about ourselves, like, ah, I just got to feel bad. Then we look at a holy God. We're like, well, he must feel that way about me too. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that turn. Like you said, we don't want to lean in and, and we don't believe. I don't think I really believed that God loved me just because he loves me accepts me apart from what I do and truly that the wrath was poured out and he delights in me. Mm -hmm. And that word delight, I love because I'm convinced of it now. I am convinced. I'm like, you delight in me. Like I take a little bit like, I know you love me, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but it helps me. It helps me because for so long I didn't believe that. And and, and I had prayed, like the miracle that God needs to do in my heart is that I'm convinced that he loves me. And I don't think, I I can't even imagine being convinced. I can't get there on my own. And God did the miracle in my heart. And I'm like, man, he loves me just because he loves me. Yeah. And now I want to lean into him. And I, he loves me in my full broken mess that he knew it all. He knows it all. He knows what I will do. And he still loves me and delights in me. That's so good. And that is freedom, friend. Like yes. that is freedom. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's and it doesn't, it's not pinned on us. It doesn't rest on us at all. Right. We don't earn it. We don't keep it. We don't maintain it. We don't grow it. Like in our own power. We're not doing that. It's all him. Yeah. So then it's not pride when we're like, I know you love me. It's an immediate praise and it rolls back up into worship exactly. for him immediately because it's not us. Yep. And not that we remember that perfectly and live out of that perfectly, but that's what's true. Mm. That's the gospel freedom, resting in our identity as delighted in and beloved, not because of our performance. Yeah. And so we're free from the wrath of God. We're free from works-based righteousness and legalism, we're freed from shame. Mm. And that really is a word that has marked a lot of my life, um, partly because I was sexually abused in early childhood by a distant relative and also grew up in purity culture. And, Mm -hmm. um, And so anything regarding sex and sexuality, our bodies, how God made our bodies, it was all very undiscussed and kind of hush hush. Yeah, I was also carrying this shame and wounds. Um, And so that connected to my understanding of identity and behavior. Like they just, they went together. And I really truly believed, even though I had the basics of the gospel, but mostly I was leaning, even though I had a basic understanding of the need for salvation and quote, asking Jesus into my heart and those kind of things. 
I was leaning so much harder into religion and Mm -hmm. self-righteousness. I felt like I really needed to be good enough Mm -hmm. for God to like me Mm -hmm. and want to be with me, coupled with emotional wounds and deep shame secrets. You know, I didn't tell anyone um, until Andrew and I were already married. Like I carried that in silence and shame for for all of those formative years um, growing up. And, and I just so clearly remember feeling so dirty and broken, like deep down. Yeah. Um, and there was that dissonance of like what I could do and how I could look on the outside. I could perform, I could have the right answers, I could do well in school, I could be well-behaved, I could be obedient. But deep down, something was off, like something was yeah. broken and not right. Then in college, when I stumbled upon pornography, it was such an immediate hook that led into continued solo sex and cycles of so much shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't be doing this. God hates this. This is bad. This is wrong. But then me going to, okay, I just need to be better. Mm -hmm. I need to white knuckle it and just stop this. And of course, not telling anyone, not bringing it into the light, not understanding that God loved me apart from my behavior, not understanding the gospel deeply and truly, and then just falling back into the same patterns of sin, choosing the same things over and over again, and then feel guilt and shame, promise to do better, promise to try harder, white knuckle it it again, fail. And I remember feeling this crushing weight and thinking, I'm never going to be free from this. Hmm. I will always battle this. And that feeling like such a despair. Yeah. Because I was looking at the evidence of I've really, really tried and I can't stop. And so the truth of the gospel sets us free from shame and the cyclical sin hmm. patterns of behavior that we feel completely unable to break out of. Yeah. Jesus set us free. Yeah. Jesus sets us free. It's an ongoing freeing as we turn to him, which makes me think of John 8, 31 through 36. And Jesus says, if you abide in my word, mm. you are truly my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As we abide in him, we will know him, the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And verse 36 says, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. It's yes. like for real, for real free. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. It's in Him. It's not yeah. in trying harder. It's not in getting ourselves cleaned up. It's not in working the steps well enough to do it just right. It's as we abide in Jesus and look to Him and ask him for the faith to believe that his sacrifice is totally sufficient. Yeah. That we Help don't have to add to it. Yes, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Like we look to him and abide in him. Then our mind is renewed. Mm. We begin to unlearn the harmful patterns. We begin, you know, I love the analogy of mental ruts and emotional ruts. Over time, it's worn deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. until it feels like this ditch that we can't ever climb out of. Mm -hmm. But Jesus has set us free. And over time, through his spirit, by abiding in him and 
following his design for things like bringing things into the light and confessing things to trusted followers of Jesus and starting to work on healing and learn the truth in his word and believe that he loves us, those deep, deep ruts over time begin to get filled in a little more and a little more and a little more. And then we, his spirit enables us to cut these new pathways, Mm -hmm. like what used to be untouched jungle, (laughs) no path there at all. (laughs) And that's truth, right? And we're, we were not walking in that truth by his spirit. He leads us. And all of a sudden there's this path Mm. like, wow, how did I get over here? Thank you, God. He is, he is very practically freeing and healing. Yeah. I was just redeeming. And the joy and freedom that comes through that new path cut. It made me think of in Romans eight, it says, for the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. man, as we walk through the spirit and he helps us cut that new path, yeah. that's life yes. and that's joy and that's healing. Yes, yes. And that connects to this idea that we're not set free in Christ to then pursue complete autonomy, oh, yeah. unhitched to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like we are free now from any responsibility or Mm -hmm. we're free to just pursue ourselves and what we want. We're free to certain things. We are free to a life of obedience to God Mm. that brings life. Like that's true life. Mm -hmm. I've come that they may have life and life to the full. But our world says if you're tethered to anything, if you're tied down to anything, if anyone's trying to impose any kind of rules over you, then that's not freedom. Yeah. And that's just not true. It's not true. It's not true. And it's like a train that is created to run on tracks, right? Like in order for it to be a train, it needs tracks. Like yeah. it has to go forward and per- and fulfill its purpose with these rails that guide it. And if we were to take the train tracks completely away and say, okay, go be free. You're free now, train. Like it can't even go anywhere, <laughs> right, right. right? And so like God made us, we, we believe he knit us together. He is the ultimate creator. So he knows what we need. Yeah. He knows how we function. He knows what true human flourishing is. Right. And God is not out to rob us of joy. Right. He's out to bring us to fullness Amen. of joy. Yep. And all these ways that we feel like, well, I'm free. I can pursue, you know, my own fulfillment, my own ideas and agendas for my life. Or in this moment, I, I feel like I want to fill in the blank. For me, it most frequently is disengage and just zone out and pursue comfort through entertainment. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Binge night. Yes. And we say, well, we're free to do that. Yeah. Right. But God knows what brings our greatest joy. And so he has some specific things to say. Right. About. We don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like God's commands have a purpose. Yes. Because he, again, exactly what you said, he knows best because he made us and created us how we should roll (laughs) to go with the train analogy. (laughs) Can you please make that a t-shirt? 
make t-shirts. This is how we roll. <laughs> no, don't. But you know what? This totally made me think back of the passage because I know Paul was like heading them off. If we go back to mm. Galatians 5, Good. he's like, okay, guys, we're at freedom in Christ. And then he's, he calls it out just in case you thought that freedom was going to be like whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he says in verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Rather, serve one another in love. And you're like, oh, wow, that's not what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that man, God's ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts. If we were going to talk about freed too. I would have been like courageous, free to be courageous, free to be myself, free to be you know, generous. Or, and it, it was like free to serve one another in love. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't see that. <laughs> but it totally makes sense, right? He just went back again and again to the gospel. Look at what God has done for you. Your eternal state set, like you're good to go. You're yeah. forgiven, you're loved. And now that joy and that healing and that freedom that you have, because all the big questions in your life, the purpose of your life, the value, all the deep, deep things have been answered through Christ. You want that for other people. So you are free to go serve them because you want them to have what you have in Christ. Mm, That's good. That's a different motivation for serving then I want to look a certain way or I want people to see me as so helpful or whatever kind, a true heart that is motivated by the gospel being seen and understood because we know that's life for them. Right, right. You want to experience, you want them to experience the freedom that you have. Mm -hmm. And so you serve them in love. That's so good. You're so right that we would not have put that on the end of that, that we are free now to serve. But it's that upside down kingdom life. Mm-hmm. We find we find our life by dying. We feel fulfillment and true joy as we serve and we consider others more highly than ourselves. You know, there is genuine life in that. Um, that is so good. And the gospel frees us to walk through life with humble confidence Mm. because it's not confidence in ourselves. It's a steadfast, rock solid confidence in who God is and what he's done and then who we are in that. And then we get to live out of that gospel identity. And so because we're free through Christ, we are free to walk without comparing ourselves to other people Mm. and measuring ourselves by their lives and their accomplishments and that constant mental comparison mm-hmm. game. It's just so easy and to fall into yeah. again and again. We've mentioned that book, Seated with Christ by Heather Holloman, and we both love it so much. <laughs> and Candace, you brought it into my life and I'm so <laughs> thankful for that. Um, she talks about living free from comparison as we enjoy our seat at God's table. Mm. But none of that is possible in and of ourselves, right? right? It's not our own strength that enables us to do any of that. Right. I love that you just said that because it, it, it finishes up Galatians, which you guys know is at the end of it, the fruit of the spirit, mm. right? And so not only has God done all that work through Christ, he also is like, you know what? And I'm going to help you every step of the way mm-hmm. with the helper, you know, with the spirit in you. 
And then he lists it. I'm just going to read these because sometimes I forget how awesome they are. Mm. But the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Oh, I love it so much. That's so good. And so it's so easy for me to forget that those are called the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> you mean fruit of Myra, fruit of Candace, right? That's what, that's what you're talking about. I mustered that joy up when I woke up from this morning. I'm like, I'm going to be joyful today. <laughs> right. Rather right. than, man, Lord, I don't feel very joyful, but through your spirit, can you help me have, you know, what you are, what you, the, the joy that you are, the love that you are, can you fill me so much with that, that it's overflowing out of me? Mm, that is so good. And have we really stopped to consider that self-control is not this white knuckle denial of what we actually should want. It is an embrace of the truth that we have been totally set free and totally changed mm. and our desires have changed. And so we get to walk yeah. in obedience as we stay in step with the spirit and abide with Jesus and look to him then he grows the ability to say no to temptation yeah. because we're also freed from this control that sin has over us before Jesus. Yeah. Before Jesus, we are slaves to our sin. We're slaves to our flesh, but in him, we are freed from that. Yeah. And so he grows the self-control in us. Our job is not to just make sure we feel badly enough about how we've already messed up, like you talked about, and then give enough willpower that this time we finally are able to control ourselves and say no to that temptation. Rather, we get to open our hands mm. and fall on our knees and say, I can't, yeah. but help me believe who you are and who I am in you and your spirit will empower me to say no to that sin yeah. because I believe that you are better your ways are better. I'm not needing to deny myself this good thing over here that you're keeping from me, God. No, that's the enemy's twist on it. Totally. He's saying, come over here and feast mm. at this table. Walk away from the sand that you're eating and the toilet water that you're drinking and come sit at my table yeah. and enjoy this amazing feast that I have for you and that I have provided the way for you to come and enjoy. Like Jesus brings us to our seat. Yeah. Like he earned that seat for us. We don't have to earn it. Yep. Man. And that's freedom, friend. That is freedom. That is freedom. Oh man. It was so good to talk about how Jesus has set us free. I've loved this conversation today. Mm -hmm. I hope it blesses our listeners. I will just close this out in prayer. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for the fact that all of this is true and that Candace and I are not here today trying to come up with some encouraging content or say something that will make us look good, God, but that we get to point to you. We get to look at your word and reflect on all that you have done. Thank you that you have set us free. Thank you that we are free indeed because of Jesus. Thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love, God. Nothing past, nothing current, 
and nothing in our future, that you already know every single thing about us and you have chosen to send your son to rescue us and that we can walk free, that our everyday life can look and feel so different because of Jesus, because of the gospel. Thank you, God, that that's true. We pray for our listeners. You know them. You know exactly where they are in their life and what they're going through. And I just pray that they feel so loved by you through these words, God. Thank you for Candice and thank you for this chance to record Made New. We love you and praise you in your name. Amen.